to the Make It Count podcast. My name is David. My name is Matt. And we are remote again. Woohoo! Yeah, happens. It does occasionally happen. Um, but it's nice to have that flexibility to do it. Today, what are we talking about, Matt? We're talking about failure, or making failing count, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was actually just doing some ironing and just... You know, as you are ironing some shirts, ironing some trousers, that's sort of bits and bobs. It wasn't a failure, but it got me thinking. Uh, you know, as I'm a teacher, one of the things that many children, not all children, want to be is they want maturity, they want to be in charge, they want to show you know that they can um, be an adult ultimately and it made me think well how many of them are in their own shirts how many of them are helping out around the house are taking responsibility for things and that idea of responsibility being really important for maturity Mm. and obviously we're about to do a podcast on failure and maybe making failure count and I thought the biggest reason why we won't make failure count is because we don't take responsibility Flesh that out for me. So I think our failure can feel shaming. Uh, it can feel embarrassing. Uh, many of it is about, can we get things right or can we get things wrong? That's sort of many of the systems and the structure of our education system. And so getting something wrong is can perceived as failure, can be perceived as something that's bad about us. So our normal response to failure is deflect, oh, it was something out of my control, oh, there, you know, maybe I did something. And actually, really what we're saying is, I didn't have responsibility for this failure. It was something else. The teacher didn't teach me this. Or um, the weather wasn't, you know, great for this situation. And until, and yet I was thinking about some sports situations that follow a bit of NFL. And oftentimes they talk about quarterbacks. The difference between the ones that get respected by their teammates and don't is the ones that not only are really good, but when they make a mistake and mistakes are inevitable, they take responsibility. They go, you know, actually, yeah, I've missed that throw. I've not been good enough there. And so I need to learn from that and move forward. And Obviously, if that's your only attitude and you're not getting better, that's a problem. But also, if you never take responsibility for those things, you know, well, the play call wasn't like what I was good at, or hey, this whole you know thing needs to be different for me. Your teammates start going, well, why do you not take responsibility when mistakes happen? Mm. Respect, and so I think that it's it's subnormal or not normal to take responsibility for failure. Yeah. That makes sense. It reminds me, uh, I can't remember who was saying it, but exactly that. If we're going to learn from failure, you first have to make the primary step of admitting it was a failure. You know, something didn't work. You You can't learn from a failure if you don't first admit, hey, that wasn't a win. That was definitely not an outcome we wanted. That was a fail. It was interesting. I was researching this a little bit and someone we've spoken a little about before Simon Sinek and one of the things he talks about is the the word failure can be unhelpful because it can mean everything from catastrophic destruction of the endeavor or the com- you know the company or whatever or it can just be a small hiccup uh, in the same way that for example cancer can mean everything from a little bit of you know melanoma in your skin to stage 4 liver cancer and you're basically terminal and that's no hope for you so that's that was an interesting 
idea of the word failure, the term failure is too broad and it covers too much. And mm. so he likes to sort of make this distinction failing. We should try and avoid that. But falling. Yeah. Let's let's admit to I made, you know, I fought, I fell or we fell. How can we learn from this? Mm. And that that's a really good point, because, you know, we have this idea. There's a book, isn't there, like failing forwards and things like this. But ultimately, if you're a CEO of a company that hires hundreds of people, maybe thousands, and through your decisions, the company goes bankrupt, everyone's out of a job, you you probably walk away with something. But actually, the consequences of that failure, yes, you can turn around and say, hey, I need to learn from that. But also, (laughs) the consequences of those is really big and not just for you. Whereas like you said, actually, sometimes... It can feel like a failure in the moment, but really what it is, is it's a minor inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he he mentioned that as well. He's saying like the this concept we've spoken before about like psychological safety, and that is so vital in teams and in organizations. Because the reality is most people, if you're in a junior position, are not in a position where a failure that you do will really risk the organization's existence it's only those that get to the the higher up levels which if they make a mistake that's more likely to impact and so yeah there's this element of we fear making mistakes at these lower levels when actually that should be training ground and that should be yeah learn oh you made a mistake wow what are you going to do about that you know he he said he had an infuriating boss but it was wonderful because he never answered any of his questions he was like he always turned it back on him well what are you going to do about that and uh, that's sometimes what you do to me, David, as well. <laughs> yeah, there was an interview I heard. It was like a 90-second clip of Steve Jobs. And someone said, hey, you know, what, what's something that you've really learned at Apple that has changed the way you've done something? He said, I'm not sure if I learned it at Apple, but I definitely have learned it, which is that usually when I had my team and I saw someone doing making a mistake or not doing something in line with what I wanted, I'll just go in and fix it. But what I realized was I want this team to be doing great things for the next 10 years. So I need to not go in and fix it. I need to help them develop. Mm. And, you know, if you want to have a team for 10 years, it's not about fixing that. So that's maybe a leadership aspect of it. You know, what, like you said, I think it can be helpful to frame what is a failure, what isn't a failure. But ultimately, uh, I also would encourage us to take responsibility. You know, sometimes something doesn't work. And it can be something out of your control. Uh, recently, there's been some crazy weather here in the UK. Um, and some of the football matches that happened, the wind was crazy. They said the rain was coming in sideways. And, you know, neither of the manager afterwards blamed the weather. They commented on it. But it would be easy for the losing team to go, well, you know, the weather, the wind was sideways. The, you know, the rain was sideways. It was a crazy game. But ultimately, they both played in that same weather. and yeah and so you know you can take responsibility you just deal with that uncontrollable and hopefully you manage that better but also there are aspects of your performance when you lose you say well actually we didn't do that very well i i could have done this better and when you take that step and you own it and you realize probably it's not as catastrophic as it feels Mm. to say hey i made this make mistake i'm sorry for that guys Hopefully they don't get like, you know, huge consequences. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the issue. One of the, because of course, none of this is in a vacuum. Lots of us feel like if I own up to a mistake, 
then I'm going to be in trouble or then I'm going to be liable or then I'm going to face the punishment rather than the encouragement from either our organization or maybe even our family or a friend group or a football team of, hey, I made a mistake there and people aren't going to go, yeah, it was all your fault. You're the one to blame. Let's make you, you know, let's all pile on, yeah. uh, scapegoat as it were. So I wonder how we can contribute to that space of safety and maybe it involves admitting to a few small things uh, and seeing how the response is. But mm. then when other people also have mistakes, so yeah, actually it's it's better that we learn about it sooner mm. rather than later because then we can do something about it earlier on. So, I mean, to make failure count, I think, is to learn from it, really. Hopefully, your failures don't have huge dire consequences, but even those are recoverable from, you know. And and we've heard many stories out there of people that have been really, they've messed up big time, and yet it wasn't terminal. And most of our failures are not terminal. And yeah, I hope most of us take responsibility and go, hey, I can turn this around, or I can lean on people around me, and I can do this differently. Mm. Can we do something a little bit different than we normally don't do on a Go podcast day? I want to read a poem. Oh, controversial. I don't know what the poem's called. I think it might just be called Get Up and Win That Race. Mm. It's a bit of a classic one by D.H. Grobert. Uh, have I got permission? Yeah, of course. Go for it. Great. Let's go. Whenever I start to hang my head in front of failure's face, my downward fall is broken by the memory of a race. A children's race, young boys, young men, how I remember well. Excitement, sure, but also fear. It wasn't hard to tell. They all lined up so full of hope, each thought to win that race, or tie for first, or if not that, at least take second place. Their parents watched from off the side, each cheering for their son, and each boy hoped to show his folks that he would be the one. The whistle blew and off they flew like chariots of fire. To win, to be the hero there, was each young boy's desire. One boy in particular, whose dad was in the crowd, was running in the lead and thought, my dad will be so proud. But as he speeded down the field and crossed a shallow dip, the little boy who thought he'd win lost his step and slipped. Trying hard to catch himself, his arms flew every place and midst the laughter of the crowd, he fell flat on his face. As he fell, his hope fell too. He couldn't win it now. Humiliated, he just wished to disappear somehow. But as he fell, his dad stood up and showed his anxious face, which to the boy so clearly said, get up and win that race. He quickly rose, no damage done, behind a bit, that's all, and ran with all his mind and might to make up for his fall. So anxious to restore himself, to catch up and to win, his mind went faster than his legs. He slipped and fell again. He wished that he had quit before with only one disgrace. I'm hopeless as a runner now. I shouldn't try to race. But through the laughing crowd, he searched and found his father's face. And with a steady look that said again, get up and win that race. So up he jumped to try again, 10 yards behind the last. If I'm to win those yards, he thought, I've got to run real fast. Exceeding everything he had, he regained eight, then 10. But trying hard to catch the lead, he slipped and fell again. Defeat, he lay there silently, a tear dropped from his eye. There's no sense running anymore. Three strikes, I'm out. Why try? I've lost, so what's the use, he thought. I'll live with my disgrace. But then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. Get up, an echo sounded low. You haven't lost at all. For all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. 
Get up, the echo urged him on. Get up and take your place. You were not meant for failure here. Get up and win that race. So up he rose to Brennan's war, refusing to forfeit. He resolved that win or lose, at least he wouldn't quit. So far behind the others now, the most he'd ever been. Still, he gave it all he had and ran like he could win. Three times he'd fallen stumbling. Three times he rose again, too far behind to hope to win. He still ran to the end. They cheered another boy who crossed the line and won first place, head high and proud and happy, no falling, no disgrace. But when the fallen youngster crossed the line in last place, the crowd gave him a greater cheer for finishing the race. And even though he came in last with head bowed low, unproud, you would have thought he'd won the race to listen to the crowd. And to his dad, he sadly said, I didn't do so well. To me, you won, his father said, you rose each time you fell. And now when things seem dark and bleak and difficult to face, the memory of that little boy helps me in my own race. For all of life is like that race with ups and downs and all. And all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. And when depression and despair shout loudly in my face, another voice within me says, get up and win that race. Yeah, and I think that's enough for today's episode of the Make It Count podcast. See you guys next week.